Welcome everyone to the first ever episode of the Proving Grounds podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Proving Grounds. We've changed up the formula, but the tagline still stays the same, <laughs> almost. I'm your host, Samus oh, Max Hyden. Today, I've got with me Matt Cubby Samuelson, as always, my beautiful co-host. But today, we also have a very special guest. Five Fire is with us, the starting mid laner for a new, the amateur king himself, won two times in a row, looking for a third. Five Fire, how are you doing today? Doing doing pretty good. Excited to get into all the competitions starting this year with the Proving Grounds, and I uh, can't wait to see how it all pans out. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that, too. Of course, uh, we are recording this on Monday. The actual start date for the Proving Grounds as a whole, the 11th, Risen, begins today. We're going to be seeing some of these teams duke it out. Kelby, are you excited as well? I'm excited. I'm ready to just get everything moving underway, uh, this podcast included. I know that uh smacks when you're like hey we should start this with five fires like yeah what better way to start it than with uh the two-time champ uh going over amateur and the new format as uh five fire they, they made it harder for you to win again yeah they made, they, made academy a, teams now. they made it a little bit more difficult they added yeah. the entire uh level above amateur as competition um yeah. But it's but I think that'll actually make it a lot more interesting and exciting because hopefully a lot of the top amateur teams can show that, you know, they deserve their spots in Academy and, you know, maybe they're even better than some of the, the bottom Academy teams. So uh, that that's the thing I'm really excited for. Unfortunately, that's still some months away, but uh, we'll we'll hopefully be getting there pretty soon. Yeah, I, I have spoken with Winter a little bit about this. He told me that he's excited because there are new characters to be in the amateur game now, which I was just like, yeah. that's incredible. That's such a good statement. Just like, oh, yeah, they added DLC to my game now so I can finally fight the new bosses. So, no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, actually it's, it's almost I mean, like for someone like me where, you know, as you mentioned, I did win twice back to back. The only two years that the Scouting Ground Circuit existed, I won it. Um so having this extra level above me to compete in and challenge in, you know, it's like unlocking the hard mode almost, right? Like it's this new, it's this new thing that hopefully will be a, a new challenge after I've already 100%ed the, the normal game. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, fortunately for you, Five Fire, uh, even though the game did get harder, uh, you also got some new teammates on Anu. So you are the only player that stuck from that roster last year, which won all of amateur. Um, to be fair, there were some promotions. Sure, you got bumped on up, which is awesome. Good to see Quentin up at EG. Uh, but for this version of Anu, you have four X Academy and LCS players uh, with you. And then Value, who just graduated from Maryville as well. Uh, how this roster kind of come together and how much say did you have in your teammates for this year? Well, so I actually cannot claim that much credit at all for this roster. A lot of it was the management behind a new from last year sort of coming together and being like, well, like we're a winning amateur team. Like we're going to keep winning. Um, yeah. And they did their best to make sure that like they could have the correct situations, the right conditions to attract these really, really good players, these really, really top players. Um, me, myself, I actually was going through negotiations and things up until like the very last day before scrims. So I didn't actually do that much choosing between the different teammates and whatnot. Um, but I think they all sort of just gravitated towards Anu as this place that is like is known to win amateur, has good coaches, has good staff, has a good idea of how things should be run, and also has the resources to back it up. Um, 
Uh, so, you know, obviously there's some part of me that hopes that they are like, oh, Five Fire is going to be there. He's always won this, so he's going to be able to help us out and carry us. Um, but I don't know actually how much credit I can take. Yeah, we, we also saw that you guys have elevated your staff positions too, like you were talking about. Uh, Zig making a return, and now Stunt is there too. Um, tell us a little bit about like how that has gone as far as like your prep and stuff, and uh, what, what kind of presence Stunt has had so far. Yeah, so I mean, so far, it's actually, it's been great, uh, because definitely good coaches are hard to come by sometimes in amateur, you know, they've been getting better over the years. But yeah. like, you know, the the lazy coach who does nothing has been a trope as old as time. <laughs> um, but definitely this year, Zig is doing way better than last year, because last year was really one wow. of his first forays into coaching. Um, but now he has a whole year of experience under his belt, he knows how things should go quicker, a lot smoother. Um, so he's doing a lot better in that regard. And then Stunt, I mean, it's crazy like how much Stunt knows about the game. Obviously, he's been playing for a long time. And, you know, he's been playing on a lot of really good teams and he's played with mm -hmm. a lot of really good players. But you don't really realize how much knowledge someone has until they start telling you about it. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's also right. Oh, yeah, I should also be doing that. Oh, yeah, that's also good. Oh, thanks for linking me this VOD that shows me where I should be doing this. And oh, yeah, wow, cool. Um, so the effort he's been putting in has been really great. I know he still wants to be a player, but he is also looking into coaching. But I definitely think if he wanted to go full-time coaching, he could easily get a spot on an LCS org by next year. So wow. huge, huge shout-outs to Stunt. Like, he's been doing really amazing cool. so far. Even just, we've only had like one week of practice so far, but I can already tell that uh, he's definitely a good coach. When he, when he wants to play, I, I assume you mean like uh, Academy and up? Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. Okay, because when we look at the support pool for amateur... Um, he could play <laughs> if he wanted to. Yeah, definitely could. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. no, I mean we had. I don't know if people remember. We had Zig fill in a couple times last year. He filled in one eighty carry game, a few top games, and a couple support games. Yeah. Um. So we actually we've had a couple scrims where our opponents are like, "Oh, sorry, like our player has to leave or whatever." And, we, and we've been asking him like, "Hey, can Zig just play top lane for you guys instead for like the last yeah. game? So we can get last game of practice in." Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely also really good players in their own right. And that that definitely mm -hmm. helps a lot. I know some people have strong opinions about coaches and certain ELOs and whatnot. Um, but it, it definitely helps them being able to explain certain matchups. And there's certain matchups that maybe they know better than other people. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, like Zig has been playing just set Pantheon for like the past six months or whatever. And so now with Pantheon being a very powerful flex pick and things like this, like he can even tell me like, oh yeah, these are the mid matchups that are good for Panth and these are the ones that are bad and this is what you have to do. Um, so that's been super helpful. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's also helpful that he just knows how you like to play after uh, being your coach for a year as well previously in 2020. Um, you also have another previous sort of teammate on your squad now, Anda. You guys had a... Yeah. Stint on EG Academy. Um, how has he sort of been filling in for that role? And um, is it reminiscent of last year at all? I mean, yeah, it's been good. Definitely. I mean, we haven't picked it up, obviously, super fast right away because we were apart for whatever it was like eight months. Um, but definitely mm -hmm. some of the synergy is still there. Some of the teamwork is still there. I sort of know how he wants to do things. He knows how I want to do things. Um, and so we, it's been pretty easy to fit that into the mold. And it's really nice because having that mid jungle synergy from the beginning, instead of having to work on it for, you know, like the first week, um, yeah. makes it easier to focus on the more important things that are, you know, usually further down the line a lot earlier. Um, but definitely I love playing with Onda. I think he's insane. I don't know what he's doing in amateur, but we'll definitely make the most <laughs> use out of him and we'll definitely take advantage of that. 
to be fair, we don't know what you're doing down here either, but uh, we're making the best <laughs> use out of you right now too. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, that, that said, so like when I look at your team, I, I mean, obviously like I, I feel like a lot of players stand out compared to what we have in amateur, but specifically it's, it's you and Onda, um, two people that we've, I mean, the running joke is five fire doesn't take up an import slot and onto someone who I, I think could be potentially an LCS jungler, uh, from what we've seen out of him. And I have no idea like what, what he's doing down here. Um, and so for me, it's, it's really interesting. Like, how do you think the, the meta at the moment kind of fits you with this new and upcoming patch? Because when I, when I look at your team, it feels like the majority of the games you guys are going to win is going to be through the two of you. So the meta right now is actually really interesting because we don't have a lot of professional information to go off of. Yeah. You know, we just have uh, China and, uh, and some people on a new, you know, we get some scrim info here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, people right now are still trying to figure a lot of stuff out, um, especially when it comes to like the bot lane, I, th- I feel like. So yeah. I think there's still right. Like there was a bunch of Zaya played yesterday in LPL. I was just about to bring that up. I have no yeah. idea why that champions yeah, and everyone's like, huh, that's really weird. Why is there a bunch of Zaya being played in LPL? I think it's bad. Um, it did bad. It did, end up, it did, it did end up performing <laughs> yeah. bad, but, you know, it doesn't stop people from being like, oh, wait, maybe is the go-to pick now. Um, so <laughs> people are still sort of figuring things out. Um, I definitely think mid-jungle synergy is still going to be super important because the major objectives this year haven't changed. It's still stacking the dragons. It's still yeah. getting the heralds. And a good, a good strong mid-jungle will let you do that. Um and also, mid-jungle are both really carry roles a lot right now, especially because yeah. you have all these new AP junglers uh, being into the meta. P- champions like Talia, champions like Lilia. Yeah. So that allows also me to pick more aggressive attack damage champions. So you get to see some more spiciness there where you get to go for more aggressive 2v2s. So that's been fun. But Five Fire... Does Riven fit into the meta? That's what we're all wondering. <laughs> Riven may or may not have been picked sometimes at Scribs. Um, okay, you know, I never that, given the fact that yeah, obviously, obviously Viper always has the one in his back pocket. Yeah. Um, so definitely, we've we've been looking at trying to see some situations where we can fit Riven in, and you know what works, what doesn't. So uh, it's up to him, though. He's honestly, he's been smurfing it this past week so if he wants the ribbon like we'll get a situation for it for him but otherwise he performed he's been performing on everything so yeah that makes a lot of sense i i'm really thrilled to to be watching all these players of course whenever we get uh these guys coming down from lcs or from academy it's it's really cool for us to get to like see their stories and and sort of talk about those um but then again like we've we've kind of been alluding to there is that part of the story like why are you guys down here in amateur? What happened over the off season to like lead to that happening? And uh, for Anda, uh, he he just came out of academy. He's he's been in the LCS position before. Um, been the worlds before. What? Yeah, true. And yeah. and like e- even outside of a new as well, right? Zazel is a previous semifinalist at Worlds. Yeah. Um, we we're seeing a lot of these guys come down uh, to this spot. Um, what is what is that sort of like uh, seeing seeing a lot of those people step down uh, here to to your kingdom here, Five Fire? And uh, do you think that uh, it's likely for a lot of them to be back by the end of the year? So it's interesting because I can't speak for everybody. You know, I hear through the grapevine rumors and things like that. Yeah. Um, 
But I think a big part of it is just how big amateur has become, especially this year with Proving Grounds, the fact that you're guaranteed more or less if you perform games against academy teams, so you can prove yeah. yourself in that regard as well. Um, that, you know, some of these players looked at some of the academy rosters and they said, you know, that roster actually isn't that good. And, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, want to play for that org or, you know, maybe I think I can do better elsewhere. And so then they came down to amateur and they formed these teams that on paper are looking better than some of the bottom academy teams, you know, and maybe they're and I can't obviously I can't speak for anybody else, but maybe, you know, it's nicer for them not having to be out in L.A. with all the covid stuff going on or having to deal with right. visa difficulties and things like that. Um, so I definitely think amateur is just being a lot more like legit is a huge part of it because it's seen more not necessarily as like something below academy, but almost adjacent or like an alternative. Where, like, if you can't really find what you're looking for in Academy, well, maybe you can find it in Amateur. And I think that's definitely what happened to me um, this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought about that sort of depth to it, where if you if you do think that the bottom Academy teams are just not quite up to snuff, then you turn down that and then go down to Academy and then, or down to Amateur, and then you beat them in April. <laughs> yeah. That would be quite the statement to make. I'm, I'm definitely looking at a few of these top teams, yours included, at as being one of those who, who can just come through and sort of embarrass those, those LCS orgs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, embarrass is a, is a good word to use, <laughs> you know. They passed up on all of us, and then we're just going to have to roll up, we're going to have to beat them up. You know, um, I don't know when the first tier one tournament is, but that's going to have the bottom two academy teams if the format yep, is right. if I have that all yeah. correct. Yep. And, you know, honestly, I, I worry for those academy teams. I think if they, you know, don't get their their stuff together really quick, if they don't figure things out, they don't get their good practice and they could end up getting rolled. And we'll have to see uh, what the community thinks about that. Yeah, I think that one of the more interesting parts, too, is the fact that, like, this is the year where the wall has been knocked down, right? Uh, where, you know, previously the, those academy teams were shielded from having to play U5 fire. Uh, much like you get in college football and the NFL. It's always the running joke that Alabama should play the Jacksonville Jaguars, which mm. I would not go well for them, given how big a roster is. But down here, we have very small rosters and talent is pretty close together. I know that Smack said that uh, those academy teams should be embarrassed if it was damage teams, but... Do you think that, that it really is a big gap in chasm, or do you think that things are going to be pretty close once we get the proving grounds, those top 16 teams are going to be set? I, I think it'll be interesting, because be, I only have a few data points for how strong the academy teams really are this year, okay. but you can definitely look on paper that you know a lot of them picked up a bunch of new players, a bunch of really unknown players, yeah. at least for me. I didn't watch uh, much OPL, so I don't know a lot about a lot of the OS players who Tapoon's came over. over here. And um, IMT is looking like a weaker roster besides Tapoon. Yeah, so they've got yep. so they've got all those players. There's a lot of uh, players. Actually, a bunch of players got picked up from scouting grounds last year right, and things yeah. like that. Players who didn't really play a lot of competitive. Um, so it'll be interesting, I think, really to watch how Academy plays out for the first couple weeks, because, you know, aside from like the teams that are obviously good and the teams that are obviously bad, the teams in the middle will really determine like, oh, may oh, definitely like, you know, a new or not Academy team or Barrage, whatever could definitely beat like these these this group of like four teams or maybe this group of five teams or maybe these eight teams right yeah we don't really know um and i think I, my hope definitely is like the, one of the big reasons why i ended up joining a new is i think on paper 
we have a chance to even be the best like academy team. Like we could be the best academy team, you know, if we had been on an org, there would be a chance for us to, you know, perform there. So yeah. first put at proving grounds of an amateur team one, I think Reddit would break. Just I, <laughs> that that is how academy will like now matter. We just we have an amateur team now come in and win. That's yeah. Yeah. That now I that mean, like for me that would be like if I see an academy team like dropping like Golden Guardians is a roster where we kind of expect them to be in proving grounds and on a lower tier fighting to get back in. Like if if, if they drop games to you guys or series to like you and a team barrage, uh, no one's going to be surprised, right? But if we get like C9 or Hundred Thieves starting to drop games in series, I think that's when Reddit starts to you know kind of break. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's funny that you bring that up because Five Fire has some direct reference points on on those teams, right? Like you spent the, all the whole summer playing against Kenvy, Tenacity, Copy, all That's these true. guys that are on those teams that we are now regarding as top. So mm-hmm. thinking about it that way, I think there is some merit to a new being one of those top academy teams, Cubby. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't say anything about what's happened so far this year. But if you look to last year, if you look at C9, for example, um, you have, I think, I mean, Viper was, I think, ahead of Darshan most of the time. And then Onda was beating Shern when he was on TL Academy when I was there as well. I beat Copy in Scouting Ground Circuit. Um, and then obviously King and Isles are from Ose, so we'll have to see. You don't know so much about King's them. King's pretty off- good. Yeah, they're obviously pretty good players. <laughs> King's really but, good. Yeah. But, uh, but this is Value's first year of like actually playing competitive full time. So mm. we'll see if he can step up to the plate. But you, even if you just look at it there from like uh, who's played who before in the past sort of standpoint, like we stack up well. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely confident and I'm excited to get the games in against them and see how they perform as well. So, All right. Yeah. So just thinking about that, like we, I know Cubby and I have have had this direct conversation about like, well, let's just look through all the mids in 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 Academy and see like which ones Five Fire is is better than like directly. And the list is pretty long. I yeah. think that we we concluded. We came up with like a pretty with pretty extensive list of people that we <laughs> thought you could have could have played instead of. Yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, you you already mentioned that like you you wanted to be in a new to to really just show up and because you can play against them but um where does it where does that really come into into play where like these guys are getting the the academy jobs potentially like the higher paying jobs as well right there is well how does that come into play when you're when you're thinking about where you want to go um or are you still just like super ready to just beat them all on an amateur team I mean, so definitely I wouldn't have made this decision if I wasn't like 100% ready to go beat them all up. And if I wasn't sure that, you know, all the resources I would be getting were, uh, you know, were, would be enough or maybe not enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously for me, I was a bit, I, I was weirded out when I, when I was hearing like, oh yeah, we're going with this guy instead of you. Oh yeah, we're yeah. going with this guy instead of you. I was like, okay, <laughs> except I beat that guy like every time I played him, but you know, whatever, um, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, for me, like, definitely, like, in the end, it almost came down to, like, well, all these teams are passing me up. Like, I just want to be on the best roster that's going to beat them up, right? I want to be on the best roster that's going to be able to take the games off them, take the series off them, and really showcase, you know, why passing me up was the wrong decision to, to all these orgs. Um, and, you know, hopefully really make them think it over like, oh, was this was this new guy really it? 
Like, was he actually better? Like, what? How did our decision making go wrong here? You know, make them make them think twice. So, all right, twenty twenty one is the Fly Fire Revenge Tour. That's all I'm picking up right now. <laughs> that's I, that's what it's that's what it's feeling like right now. You know, it's yeah. it's not an amazing thing to be motivated by necessarily. Um, obviously, it works, man. NFL revenge games are real. It does yeah. work for sure. You know, revenge I, games are real. Yeah, it's like when we get into those scrims against, you know, the like X Academy team that I had just that I had talked to like a couple weeks prior or whatever. And I'm like, yep, we're going to beat these guys. All right. Like, I'm going to show them I'm going to show up. I'm going to smash their enemy mid laner. You know, like I'm going to try super hard. I'm going to practice super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely it works as motivation. You're definitely right on that. Yeah. Spe- speaking of that. Um, so obviously with the barrier being broken between Academy and amateur, uh, have Academy teams been more willing to scrim teams and amateur, especially given some of the powerful rosters we have down here early in the season? Uh, it, from first impressions, definitely seems so. I obviously okay, can't that's speak, good. I obviously that's can't really speak for any. I obviously can't speak for any other teams, but we've already mm-hmm. scrimmed a, a few, and we've got a couple more lined up. That's good. Um, it also definitely helps that amateur is. It actually helps that amateur is starting so soon because yeah. it means that we start on around the same schedule as mm-hmm. the Academy teams. And the academy teams obviously already know we're good, so they and they know that we're also playing full time is the other big deal because a, a lot of people don't know this, but academy actually does five hour blocks. Yep, from yeah. noon PST till five PST, and yep. so the fact that we're actually able to play in those as opposed to you know like in the past in amateur you had a lot of people who were going to school, a lot of people who had other jobs, other things to do. There's no way they could do that type of practice, but when you have but when you know that a team has five players who can and want to then yeah sure we just schedule them right and we play them and we see how things go so that's been awesome that's that's really good to hear and i'm sure that you guys get tr accounts too and so low ping practice and all i actually that just stuff. got it yesterday so and, yeah that, nice. that that's what i've been hearing i've been hearing <laughs> that a couple of the top rosters have been starting to get their hands on those so that's really good low ping practice always is ideal uh and good to practice against the academy team as well i, I was very hopeful that they'd be more willing to like reach down for scrims and so I, i'm glad to hear that's going on because i that's not only going to help them because they get to practice someone outside their league that is a talented team, uh, but also obviously helps you because you get better practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we get, you know, we get to be in front of those coaches in front of those analysts and mm-hmm. all those eyes and those Academy teams, because in the past it was very difficult. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like to admit this, but when you talk to the majority of Academy or LCS coaches, they're like, Oh yeah, I watched scouting ground circuit finals or I, or I watched mm-hmm. scouting ground circuit playoffs. Right. And a lot of the stuff before, you know, they weren't necessarily super tuned into. Maybe they knew a couple of the players or something like that. But yeah. but now that you're in front of them from the very beginning and you're like, hey, look, this is me. Hey, look, I'm stomping your whatever. I'm stomping your top laner. I'm out jungling your jungler or whatever. Um, things like that. Like they can start to make those scouting decisions and have those more well-informed opinions a lot earlier, which is huge. Yeah, that's that's uh, good. I know that during the circuit, I had one or two coaches reached out to me that i didn't know personally like asking about players that we were watching so like there was some scouting going on yeah with there, the there, there's definitely some here and there not a lot yeah but and it, but and the main thing definitely is it applies to like the specific players a lot of the time or at least in the previous yes. years it did where they're like oh well we are thinking about maybe replacing this role what's your opinion on x yeah, yeah. what's your opinion on x player yeah. right so um, but this year, like, even if, you know, maybe you're not a hot commodity, you can still have a chance to really prove yourself and really put yeah. yourself out there, which is really nice. Yeah. And a lot more people have their eyes on this early as well. Oh, just yeah. like looking at like early chats and like who is who is paying attention. Yeah. I, I also think it's a lot easier 
for for everyone involved, like the players, the people watching, uh, Cubby and I on the broadcast as well, because it's not six tournaments happening at the same exact Thank time. God. Like, yes, thank so you. Thank you, you to you Riot them, for the format back changes. To back. <laughs> thank you, Riot so, Ice Chest. Yeah, for someone who is like coming in and trying to scout players and they're like, oh, uh, I have to watch this game and then this game the next day and then this like every single day, it's a new tournament and new new teams they are playing against. I, I definitely appreciate that they are taking sort of that step back. And I'm sure that's good for you, Five Fire, and other players as well, where they only have to worry about one tournament in specific at a time and stuff. How has that been? <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, we haven't quite started up yet. Um, right. But, yeah. but so far, from what I can say, it's nice because it also gives you a lot better balance from the player mm -hmm. side. Uh, the past two years, when you really got in the swing of things, you actually had basically no time yep. for practice. Uh, right. Unless you were unless you were willing to practice before or after matches, um, it was really difficult to actually get any meaningful practice in. And as a result, it could feel really bad if you were playing all these games and maybe you're winning, maybe you're not winning quite as hard as you want. Maybe you're losing a couple games and you don't really know what you can do to go through and fix them because you ne never actually have time to like discussions about how to fix them because you have to play your next game. So, oh, oh yeah, I remember talking with like, um, I had like a few coaches just being like, if we win game one, game two is practice. Like yeah. that's why all the series go to game three is like what this coach is saying, right? Because like you, they, it, you don't have any time to practice. And the fact that you know that Risen starting tomorrow is an improvement because most players are like, oh yeah, we just have like games, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like they have no idea what league it is, right? Uh, so now there's like one league running at a time. You actually like know what the format is, like who is playing and all that. Whereas like, oh yeah, we just play this team on Thursday. With no, literally, la literally last year we were at points where, like, even our coach, even Zig, didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. It was mostly, it was mostly <laughs> like our our analyst, figurative. Yeah. Uh, and so every match we'd be like, "Hey, does this match matter?" And he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> like, uh, this is like winners finals for this event." And we're like, "Oh, okay, we'll try really hard." Or yeah. he's like, or he's like, "Oh no, this is like a, some group stage match where like we can lose if we want." And then we're like, "Okay, yeah. cool, we can try this new comp." So. Yep. <laughs> That's that sounds exactly it'll right. Be nice, so. It'll be really nice not to have to deal with that mess um, this year. And that even goes back to the original point where that'll allow us to get more scrims against academy mm -hmm. teams or scrims against right. the top teams, things like that, because they're not always going to be playing in matches. So it helps everyone. Yeah. So speaking speaking of just like academy and getting more to that that realm of conversation about how like five fires back in amateur, uh, not not doing academy again, and everyone's like. This doesn't make any sense. I am I am curious uh, to hear what your thoughts are on this because I think in North America specifically, the LCS teams and, and people like that have a very large weight on player branding and that sort of thing and like what they can bring to like a content angle, which it feels a little disingenuous when you are just trying to be the best in the world. And NA, like you can make the claim that they're they're not by doing that, but yeah. Whether whether it's a good or bad thing, that is it is kind of true. And with you, and it does with matter. you coming on, yeah, it does matter. It, it, it does matter. Yeah, yeah, it's a right. business. It matters. Yeah, yeah. So so with with you um coming into this year on amateur again um, I know you you just did like the the cup invitational. You were stealing Cubby and I's job. You were on the cup desk. <laughs> so uh, thanks for that one. You, good job. <laughs> you stepping in, let us let us cast it. So I can't be that mad. But um. 
what are you kind of feeling about about how you are branding yourself as a player moving forward and and going into this year maybe making more broadcast appearances like that how are you how are you trying to present yourself as as like a person and not just a player on the rift yeah so i mean i actually i ended up getting pretty lucky because uh it was a I don't remember exactly what it was, it was probably about a month ago or something now when I when I finally realized like, all right, none of these Academy offers were really going to pan out um, and that none of them were really going to be what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of started reaching out to everyone about everything uh, I was. So I like you said, I was reaching out to production guys about doing casting or producing or something like that. I reached out to Riot about, you know, do they have anything open or do they have anything down the pipeline? Uh, I reached out to different orgs about coaching, like, you know, how does getting into coaching work? You know, how would I start to do that? Um, I got people messaging me about like, hey, you can make like content for us. You can make, we'll pay you to like make videos, YouTube videos, Twitch streams, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the end, when I did decide to still go and play an amateur and pursue this, I kept some of those doors open. Right. So I still have these other avenues to, you know, progress myself and progress my career because it is true that while i while i do get to play hard like i said hard mode and prove myself against better competition this year and play against better players um i think it is also everybody knows it's extremely important branding as you mentioned so per, so really pushing myself in those directions as well because you know i i wouldn't say i've 100 neglected them like there are some players who have like 10 followers on twitter or whatever yeah um <laughs> but i definitely haven't i definitely haven't gone down those routes as as hard as i could if i wanted to so that's something i'm excited to i'm definitely excited to pursue this year um but yeah we'll have to see when when i start streaming hopefully i tell myself every day like oh i'll stream today but um but hopefully that comes soon because definitely one thing uh if you notice whenever whenever the amateur players got signed for like eg or c9 or anything like that instantly the next day they were streaming Yep. Yeah, because that's what the org tells them to do. They say, all right, now go. All right, you're with us. Now go stream like this is your opportunity. Like, go start building a following, get uh, get a community built around you, get a brand built around you. Um, so I'm also looking to be getting into that hopefully soon. You know, once I once I for me, it's hard because I want to make sure my rank in solo queue is really good for me. That's always been very important. Yeah. Um, but this year I made sure to have another account ready to play on so I can have, a, you know, I can still have co- good competitive games, but I also don't have to necessarily worry about the rank and be like, oh, no, I'm tanking my rank by streaming. Um, so hopefully I'll be pushing into that as well. But yeah, continuing to do more casting, more analysis, more coaching, whatever. I'm trying to I'm sort of trying to do it all, you know, so we'll see how it all goes. Yeah. Well, hey, you guys got to get carried. Watch out. Yeah, you got to get carried by TJ like, like us. So that's, that's yeah, I know TJ. I mean, TJ made it so anyone could do it. He basically yeah, he's he's very he's very good at what he does. That that's why we look okay. And yeah, so yeah. That's, he, that's he was like, fine. give me some points. All right, cool. All right, that's all. That yep. Okay, here's what you're gonna talk about for the next five minutes. All right, good. That's all you have to do. Perfect. You sound you sounded good. It was fun. It was fun to have you be a part of it. And I'm more curious, like going off the streaming thing. Is this something that happens over in EU with a player specifically? Um. I, I don't know if it was it, it was someone that veterans friends with uh, because he was tweeting about this, but th- th- this player didn't get on an LAC roster and all the good ERL teams were like already filled up in terms of like their their placements. I'm curious, like what you think for a player, like is, is it better 
for someone to just go stream and play solo queue like a ne like what Nemesis is doing and just you know like be a high rank and keep yourself available for offers like in the summer or would you rather see those players like go try and compete on a team that maybe not be top tier and like try and push them into the top tier I think I mean it's really tough right yeah. like there's so many variables to deal with there I will say a lot of the advice that I got when I because I reached out to a whole bunch of people you know some academy coaches some ex-academy coaches mm -hmm. a lot of people who I know in the scene for mm -hmm. advice on you know what exactly to do and one of the main things that I got was go wherever you will be able to look good and whether like that's on a good roster or whether you are you think you could be good at streaming mm -hmm. or maybe you think you're better at coaching and analysis whatever um, or maybe you don't necessarily think you're really good at all those and you sort of have the time and the resources to sit and, you know, just play solo queue for six months or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, I think it's really tough to put yourself on a bad roster. It's it's really it's really difficult to put yourself in that situation. You know, I've been fortunate enough that I think every year I've been able to play with players who are better than me um, and learn from them and, you know, be able to adapt with them. Um, so it, it would be difficult for me to be on a roster where I'm like, all right, all these guys suck. And now I need to make them now. I need to try to make them good. Dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially because those players that you think you should be over right in those spots, you might now lose to them because you're, you know, you just got the worst team, not necessarily your fault, but, yeah. uh, but especially like a lot of the analysis and stuff, you know, results based. Um, things like that so it can be difficult because if you end up losing those games maybe your value goes down because people are like oh well this guy you this guy was really 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 good but then he joined this crappy team now he's losing all of his games like why is he on the maybe team? like maybe he wasn't why is he on the crappy team maybe, maybe he yeah. wasn't as good as we thought um so it, it's a, it's a really tough decision i i i think for most people if they can get away with it if they have the time if they have the money to spare like just to get into streaming, just do it consistently because if you end up being a really good player, you can make a ton of money off of being a consistent yeah. streamer as well, right? We've yeah. had a ton of players go full-time streamer now. They're probably making more money than they were uh, in LCS. Well, maybe not in LCS. LCS salaries have gotten pretty big now. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, even, but even making extra money on the side uh, at yeah. least. So, yeah. yeah. So... When when considering all of this for for you specifically, Firefire, and, and maybe going into streaming, maybe doing more stuff like the the Cup New Year's Invitational, what what's the sort of thing that you personally want people to like think of you and be like, oh, this is what he's known for. This is what uh, this is what I'm gonna get when I tune into his stream. What's the kind of like reputation that you are gonna strive to have to to shoot for in this new year? Ooh, that's a tough one because that that is sort of like I'm trying to figure out my brand image. I mean, to a certain extent, I don't know because I haven't, yeah. you know, gone super down any of these uh, any of these paths yet. Uh, yeah. But sort but sort of like the re the way I have thought about it is that like I would be pretty good at it. Um, just like from a general like beginner standpoint, uh, there's a lot of people in esports who I would call them gamer boys. You know, you see their interviews and they're doing one word responses. You, you don't really you don't really understand what's well, going on with them. That's our the dream, choir, man. man. Um, <laughs> but, that's our, that's uh, our favorite person interview. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so I, I, I view myself as not quite as bad as some of those gamer boys in those I, areas. They're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I have that. And then also the other thing is I've been trying to have a lot more confidence in my my knowledge about the game recently. 
Because when you do surround yourself constantly with players who are better than you and with people who are better than you and you're constantly aspiring to, you know, get better and to get into Academy, get into LCS, mm -hmm. I sort of, I a lot of times forget like, oh yeah, I was like rank five last season. Yeah, I kind of know a lot. Game. I kind of know a lot about the game, you know, <laughs> like 99.9999999% of people could, could learn about the game by talking to me. Um, so sort of like letting almost like letting my hair down in that respect and being more willing to, you know, give my opinions on certain things and talk about certain things without being without worrying like, oh, crap, what if I say something bad and coach Bjergsen sees it and thinks I'm dumb, like, you know. Um, so definitely like the combination of, you know, knowing that the knowledge I have is useful and that I can also be good at delivering it. Um, so something in that realm uh, and then obviously playing well at the same time will help. So. Yeah, that's usually a pretty good thing. <laughs> I, I, I think it was your buttons and everything is pretty good. <laughs> I, I think it was it was like Michael Jordan who always said like like whatever I end up doing like the baseline or like how it all happened is because I like because of my play like because I win. And I was kind of think that's like a good thing to go off of right because like no matter like what you do and like you look at these like NFL stars you got like Patrick Mahomes like doing the State Farm commercials like he got that because he's good and he's gonna keep that because he's really good like that's. Whatever he ends up doing, like the baseline's like, I'm going to play well and win. So I, I, I think it's a really good mentality to have whatever you end up going. And I'm looking forward to more five fire thoughts because when, when I like rarely play this game, I like to play mid now, even though I suck at it. And I definitely need a lot of tips. So yeah, there we go. Maybe, maybe there's yeah. a collab in the future. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once, I, once I get, once five I get fire started, takes once I get going. number one, Brom NA turns him into not shit mid laner. That's, that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And actually, actually to loop this even back to the formatting for proving grounds point, it'll actually be easier for players to stream and True. to do uh, pursue other forms yeah. of content. Why not this year? Because like, we, don't, because we don't have to worry about having a match every single day. And we don't have to worry about, you know, matches stacked on top of each other in the same day. Um, for example, like you said, Risen is starting today, starting in a few hours, like if I had my stream stuff set up and ready, then I could stream today for like the next few hours, play solo queue before our meeting and then have the match. And then, you know, like that would be good. Like I'd get in, I get in some hours there while I'm just playing solo queue and having fun. So how about, so, so, so this podcast premiere is on, on Thursday, five fire, and we're doing it like before Academy starts. So like weeds into that. Okay. So, so it could go if, if you wanted to. You could go, <laughs> this premieres on Thursday, then there's Academy, and then Five Fire streams Night Solo Queue. And then Let me check my <laughs> calendar. Yeah, we're locking you into a schedule you can't keep. We're, we're, we're going we're to help sure. you start streaming. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't know if I have anything on Thursday. I have, I have, I'm busy on Friday. but Thursday I don't, I don't is an off day for because we're, we're off whenever Academy broadcast is going on. Uh, yeah, but we, we, have like, we, we've got like scrims. Yeah, you guys, scrims. Stuff, yeah, so you, you guys might have scrims. We, we, we will have to see exactly what's going on. Yeah, but, but they actually gave... Riot actually put in off days in the schedule because there there were yeah. never there's never going to be proving grounds content around academy days, which oh, yeah, so that that'll either give us time to practice <laughs> or give us off days, which is Perfect. nice. Yep, exactly. exactly. Having days where Perfect. you can just play solo queue and relax a little bit is it's it's so needed compared yep. to literal like two months straight of having a match every single day or whatever I, it was. I I could only imagine being a player. I know that like doing um like broadcasts i had one stretch last year during scouting grounds where i worked 18 days in a row um i as a player it, it's it's like that for like three months it's brutal yeah, yeah. So, so much so better again, thank year. you thank you to riot for yes for, for fixing <laughs> thank that you, derek and the rest yes. of yeah
now we can get the content streams where Cubby and Firefire are doing and they're swapping roles. Oh so no, I, I, no, if Firefire would hate me if I do it with them. This is just you're just gonna <laughs> flame me. That's that's what we're gonna do. That's what no, no, do. it's it cancels out because he we would flame you for your play, but you're playing his role, so we can't flame you for both things. You know? We we so, would we would have to do like some some live coaching. That's always the most yeah, fun. Perfect. Where I'm like, oh no no, oh do that, oh oh no, no. you're it. Oh, like, why does he do it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's always crazy. <laughs> The live coaching, all like, so it's always funny. And I, I props to players like putting themselves out there, like Darshan sharing like his point of view for like Alice, like all that, because like that yeah. that is tough, and you are gonna get flame, but um, you're also gonna get better in the process. So that's good. Uh, speaking of, so we keep on teasing. Risen's gonna start. Uh, it's by the time okay. you guys do this, we will have yeah. seen a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, Proving grounds has not started yet, but five far we did have that cup tournament, the exhibition tournament. NA team ended up taking the two one. And I think a notable tweet that we saw while going through this, uh, at least for me, was it seems like amateur is going to be a lot more competitive than what some people may have thought coming into the year. Uh, is that yeah. something you agree with? Um, I Yes, actually, I do. Because I think a lot of people saw rosters like the NA team, like yeah. a, a new main team, and they thought, well, these guys are just the best. They're just going to beat up on everybody. You know, they're just going to, you know, smash everyone. They're going to be insane. Um, but I think, like, this is what people haven't realized for a long time. But, like, a lot of these top amateur teams, all these top amateur players, like, they can compete at a high level. They play against these players in solo queue all the time, right? And they have to play against them and beat them to get, you know, whatever rank that they are, things like that. Yep. Um, so, like, the games are definitely going to not be super stomps. I think there is a chance as the meta gets figured out and as things move forward and, you know, the teams who have a really good idea of how to work together and how to improve quickly, they might pull ahead. Um, but definitely for the beginning, like, I think the playing field is a lot more even than people realize. Um, like for me, uh, I didn't get to talk about it because we didn't have enough time, unfortunately, but we did our, our power rankings for the exhibition tournament. Mm. And I, I had C9 amateur third. And a lot of people were like, that team actually, that team kind of sucks. Like, they're not very good. And then they went into semis and they almost beat Mirage, who everyone was like, oh, yeah, Mirage is really good. They're like top three team. So I, I definitely think it will be really competitive. Um, they, did, again, they did beat them, by the way, because they were in they final. Mirage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, no, yeah. So they, they even did beat them. Never mind. I, yeah. I was, I, yeah. Okay. They beat More them. Right than you they, they made finals. Um, <laughs> obviously, they didn't get to play against teams on the other side of the bracket. So who knows? Maybe they just got lucky with the placement and the seating. Um, but definitely at the beginning, I think the teams will all be really even. Again, like the teams with more resources, the team with more access to academy scrims, the team with more connections and things like that could start to pull ahead as the season pulls along and people figure things out. Um, but definitely I'm excited to see how everything pans out in the beginning. Um, you know, maybe not the first couple matches of Risen because those are yeah, still seated. Those are still yeah. seated and the top teams are playing the bottom teams. Um, but definitely once you get into like the once you get into like the 2-0 Swiss tournament territory and you've got all these 2-0 teams playing each other, like so I think a lot of them are able to beat each other. So we'll see what happens yeah. with that. So yeah, we, we saw what Cloud9 Amateur can do in the meme video that producer Lauren put together. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You that should was, <laughs> that was so that was so full. I, I've watched it way too many times. I don't know if you've seen this crap five fire. I don't know if I I want to promote this. Um, I saw that it existed. I, I think I think I, I watched a little bit of it while I was scrolling down the timeline. It's <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, that, that actually that actually it does bring up an interesting point though because that is another thing that amateur teams are really good at 
is amateur teams are really good at playing to win. A lot of times, these top teams uh, or these academy teams and things like that will play to be like the best they can be. You know, like they try to play the best meta picks. They try to play exactly like China or exactly like Korea, you know, whatever, something like that. But then an amateur team just comes along and first picks Lee Sin because the guy is really good at it. And he kind of just rolls over you and you're like, well, that shouldn't be allowed. Lee Sin's such a bad champion. But then he just beats you. So um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if any of that happens. I know last year on Anu, for example, we had some issues against a certain like Jinx Sona bot lane and things like that. <laughs> um, so hopefully we don't have any of those runbacks. But That's definitely, true. definitely if teams have too much, I guess, too much of an ego to, you know, and they'd sort of disrespect some of those picks, then we could see some huge upsets there. So would like you say the, that like the ribbon? Yeah, would you say that amateur teams then are playing to like not look bad? Because obviously, if you first pick Lee Sin and just get blown out of the water, like you might be playing to win for your squad, but that's not going to look good, and you're going to get yeah. like put on blast. Would you say that you think academy teams are guilty of playing and not look bad then a lot of the times? Sometimes, I mean, the, I think for some people, there's that thought in the back of their head, right? That they're mm -hmm. like, well, you know, like this game's already over, or like this game is going to be super difficult, so I don't want to like make things bad but it's it's not necessarily that they don't want to look bad it's also that they don't want to make things hard for their team you know like if you mm -hmm. pick lee sin you're making the game a lot harder for your team than if you pick a tank if you think you're going to get outclassed right like you're you're doing a high high risk like medium reward sort of thing um and so there's definitely like that sort of team cohesion you know uh, like i can speak for myself when i was on evil geniuses academy last year uh when i was first subbing in because i actually didn't know how long i was going to be there for it could have mm -hmm. been like just a couple weeks or whatever i told myself like all right i'm just going to make it as easy as possible for my teammates right like if they yep. need me to just pick zoe and wave clear every game that's what i'm going to do or if I, they need me to like pick syndra and wave clear or zigs wave clear or whatever like that's what i'm um and i mean that play style sort of ended up working out and like we sort of incorporated it into the team more as a whole and i got more confident mm -hmm. um but it's not always that they don't want to look bad it's that they like they don't want to eat you know like, and the way that they've been taught is like, well, that champion's bad and that champion will like do poorly and they don't want to obviously do that. So they want to be the best they can be. Hmm. That's that, that I wasn't expecting that take, but that's, that's, that's very interesting. I, I think you're somewhat, somewhat right. I, I usually criticize teams like when they get behind for not going for like the Hail Mary, uh, like something that like, uh, I always loved watching the high, uh, version of C9 mm. because when they were in a game where it was a, like about to be lost, they would just throw a Hail Mary or just throw you a complete curveball. And like it would take a, a game that they have a 20% chance of losing. They have a 40% chance of winning with that play. And then if it goes well, they look good. If not, they look terrible. They're still going to go for it. Um, that's usually like where I end up criticizing teams. Uh, but that, that's interesting though. I get even like kind of champion picks. Like you think that they're sometimes like not playing to their strengths as well, uh, which I, I find kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing a, a, I guess, sort of an example of that um, even before the games even begin, right? We're seeing that uh, one of the one of the higher tier mid laners from last year, Busio, is actually role swapping to support so that he can like he can take one for the team and, and be that sort of mm -hmm. high mechanical support player there. So that's kind of pretty cool and sort of sort of like thinking about that. Uh, Maybe you didn't consider this at all, Fire Fire, but seeing that and seeing all this, all the support pool being questionable, how much, how much thought did you give role swapping to support and saving any support? 
<laughs> so it's funny you mentioned support because I, I actually have gotten offers both this year and last year to roll swap to top oh. um, specifically oh. uh, because I, especially last year, I think it kind of died and didn't really work out very well. But especially last year, a couple of the teams were trying to think about uh, mid and top as solo laners, not necessarily as mid or top laners. They could sort of mm. swap between the two and play like what is necessary. Um, so I got a couple offers for things like that, where they're like, well, you could be our top laner and maybe sometimes you'd play mid, things like that. Um, obviously, I've looked at the weak support pool. Uh, I would be lying if I said that there were some academy supports last year that I thought I was like, oh, I could probably play support better than that guy. Um, yep. uh, and then even though, and but then even my secondary role in solo queue is 80 carry. So there's even some of the 80 carry players where I'm like, oh, maybe I could be better than that guy. So I'm definitely open to the idea of role swapping. Um, but I mean, if I can keep getting on really good teams as a mid laner and playing really high level League yep. of Legends, then that's obviously where I want to be, right? That's what I enjoy the most. Um, so that's where I'm going to try to keep pursuing. But if I get some really good opportunity to roll swap and, you know, learn the game from a different perspective, I would definitely take it. That, that's interesting. So I know that I, I hadn't heard of you getting like a chance to like swap the top, but I know of more mid laners that have been asked if they wanted the role swap to support that are in amateur and like somewhat prominent. Um, yeah, I think I think it's the more obvious one because the support yeah. talent the support pool, pool is it, rough. It's rough because there's a lot of players, but not a lot of them are like really stand out, right? Yeah. You have a lot of players who have been around for a while or a lot of players who are who are role swap from other roles or things like that, but mm -hmm. people are, you know, not really sure if they're like really insane. Um, so definitely role swapping is a chance to like be that insane player, that new hot prospect in yeah. that role. Um, so, and it, it did work out last year for auto now going by yeah. hooks. Yeah. Um, hooks. Back on CLG now yeah, ba and back on CLG. And I think that speaks a lot to Osama, the fact that that org wants him back about like what he brings to a team as well. Um, and I know hundred next always spoke very highly of him. Uh, as he ended up back. So that, that's one successful role swap. We're going to have to see if Busio is successful as well. <laughs> I thought Busio was actually, for being a 16-year-old mid laner, I thought he had a lot of game there. And I'm curious to see what he brings to the table uh, at support. Because if he can develop that ability to impact the map from that role, uh, could actually be a good support in NA Amateur, uh, which is very rare. It doesn't, yeah. unless, unless your name is Shady or Winter, um, they don't really exist. So well, now yeah. Zazel and bigger here. But yeah, but now we Zazel is going to be a problem. Zazel and and and, and I actually I did get to talk briefly uh, on the on the cup pre-show about this as well uh, mm -hmm. because support is a very different role in competitive than it yes. is in solo queue a lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of these players now are going to get to play against Zazel. They're going to get to play against a world semifinalist. They're going to get to see what he does. They're going to get to analyze their matches against him, see what he does differently, and hopefully that'll elevate the whole support pool um, in NA. But it remains to be seen, as uh, as we've said, the support pool in NA has been rough for a while. Yeah, but. well, his yeah. support, Shannon Gragas, were already five times as good as the best support Shannon Gragas have seen in amateur. So we're, we're going to have to see how everyone else can step up to compete <laughs> with that. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to have to see if also, you know, the a big and winter can step up their game as well, who uh, have been around amateur before and were kind of the best supports. Uh, see if they can match up how Zazel matches up with them too. I'm, I'm interested yeah. for that matchup because they, they can actually challenge Zazel potentially. Uh, but exactly, Zazel's gonna be a problem. He's <laughs> much better than everyone else at his role, it seems. Uh, minus, minus a few out, outstanding uh, people as well. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. Cubby and I were watching that from behind the scenes, waiting for our cast, and we we're like, oh, look, Zazel's out of lane. Nobody, oh, look, nobody Zazel, knew he was going to do this. Zazel based <laughs> at 7.30 and rotated the Rift Herald, unlike the others. <laughs> yeah, there'll, be, there, there'll wow. be a lot of... I mean, and that's what I'm hoping, is there'll be a lot of situations where in-game you'll be like, wait, what the heck? Like, oh, crap, he's here. Oh, crap, we lose. Yep. Or like, or like, oh, he just did that initiation. Oh, I guess we lose the fight. But afterwards, you can go back and be like, oh, so he like did this, and this is how he set up this map movement, or is this how he set up this rotation, or this is, you know, maybe trying to figure out, deduce some of his thought process. Um, and yeah, and then hopefully, hopefully people will be able to reenact some of it, or at least learn from it. Um, but I definitely think he'll be, he'll be a step ahead of the playing field for, for quite a bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to take a while. It, it's kind of like when when Huni like first came over from Fnatic, like everyone's gonna have to just kind of figure out how to like step up their game. Mm -hmm. Uh when say with Sazel coming down here uh an amateur as well. That said, I, I'm curious. So we are about to dive into proving grounds. Uh I you have probably more info and data than us just playing scrims. Um as we haven't seen too much on screen and everyone else watching as well. But which I know we talked about the fact that we think amateur is going to be pretty competitive. Are there any teams that you think people are really sleeping on? Any teams that you think that people are really overrating going into this early season from like what you've gotten to experience so far? Hmm. Oh, it's tough actually. Because I have some data points, but they're really scattered. Hmm. Uh, so I would say definitely the thing we mentioned before that I think amateur at the beginning will be more even than people are expecting. Yeah. Um, it could change when matches come around and, you know, teams are playing like the, uh, they're playing matches are very different than scrims. Obviously scrims, there's some inting going on usually. Um, but I think oh, yeah. things will be more even than a lot of people expect. Um, but I, I also think that a lot of the, again, a lot of the rosters that people are like, well, on paper, this team is like not so good or whatever. Um, they can definitely show up. Um, and any you have in mind in particular? Well, so so I, I still I still believe in C9 Amateur. To be fair, I'm a little biased because I'm friends with some of those guys and I yeah. really like some of those guys. Um, yeah. But like X, but some people... you was very impressive. Yeah, but, uh, but people impressive. being like, but people like people, I don't think people realize like XU was considered for like some academy positions this right. year uh, after only having really started playing competitive for a few months. Um, yeah. So like he's really hot. Shrimps, you know, people I think are too quick to downplay him just because he hasn't like been super successful in amateur, but like he's always been really good. And he's mm -hmm. also one of those players who can hit top 10 in challenger if he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so I would say shout out to that roster. Other than that, unfortunately, I don't know that much about a lot of the teams because a lot of people were like finalizing their rosters, maybe using subs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so it'll definitely be very telling. I, by the time this podcast comes out, it will we'll know a lot more yeah. uh, after these first yes, couple of prison matches go on. But yeah. um, but definitely, like, don't expect everything to be like super figured out right away. It's not going to be like, oh, yep, this team beats this team, and then this team beats like this team, and this team beats this team, and then everyone else like is bad or whatever. Um, definitely, at the beginning, we'll have to see you know where everyone shakes out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sort of just to, to wind down the podcast, it's been a pleasure having you on as always five fire. Um, is there anything in like anything exciting coming up? Um, again, this is going to be released on Thursday, the 14th of my math is correct. Correct. It's not always correct. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Four thirty PM um, Eastern. It'll yeah. probably be like five thirty PM Eastern right now. We're time travelers. Something like that. 
Well, yeah, we're we're being projected into the future right now. So hello, <laughs> future. Uh, but yeah, is there anything exciting that you've got coming up after this goes live? Uh, I mean, aside, I mean, mostly just playing in Risen, obviously playing in all these Proving Grounds tournaments with with the boys, with the new boys. Um, <laughs> We actually we recently got some social media people to help us out, so we'll Ooh. see what the, so we'll see what they have planning. I don't know if they'll have anything Wire immediately yet, but driven content. But yeah, be, but nice. be on the lookout for content. Follow you know a new esports. Follow myself at Five Fire League on Twitter. Um, like I've said, and now I've said uh, yeah, now I've said this a million times. My Twitch is just <laughs> Five Fire, no no league on the end. Um, but I'm definitely going to be trying to stream this year, trying to build my brand, trying to improve. So if you're interested in talking to probably, I, I think I'm probably one of the highest average ELO players in NA over the past like three years, then, uh, you know, come on down, give me a follow, you know, and I'll be happy to answer any questions and talk about the game that I love so much. So you got, you got to put two time amateur champion in, in your uh, two time back to back. Bio. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, to in back. The, you're going for the three peat. You're, exactly. you're going. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I, that, that's definitely so if, if you didn't like, swap teams or you didn't this year but like before did, are they're not all with the new right no they're all with the new oh they're all with the new so you guys are going for the jordan run no i'm i'm the very the rare game. i'm the very rare breed of amateur player where i my technical my quick timeline is i was on dawn way back okay on black and then dawn black became azio black yep and then That's azio kinda... black became a new so yep. I've actually been on the same yeah. team technically for my entire amateur career, which is super rare, right? Almost That's, nobody actually ever like does you over that. There. So but you're going yeah, for I, the three peat. You're going. Yeah, I'm going for the three peat yeah. with with my old team and okay. with with my, with my old coaches and whatnot. And I'm excited to see how far we can go. I definitely think we have a shot at winning it all. So I'm going to do my best yeah. to to prove that. Oh, We're excited to see excited that as well. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're just excited to get some matches going, man. Everyone's so excited. Absolutely. I know. Yes, How my first match tonight. So, yes. True. Well, best of uh, luck. And everyone it's... will have already seen that. Well, yeah. Seen well, everyone matches. will have already seen us yeah. one, but, you know, I can still be excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Again, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the show, Five Fire. Thanks for coming uh, on. Pleasure, as always, for you as well, Cubby. And for those of you listening, we are planning on being back again a week from today, whenever this goes live, weekly. with another yes. guest. We're hoping that this is a weekly thing. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. We'll have a more clear announcement soon to come. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for watching. Um, and yeah, we'll see you all next time. Be sure to tune in to Risen. Uh, you'll find Cubby and I and Five Fire on, on that stuff. Uh, Five Fire is a player. Cubby and I are too trash at the game for that. But, you know, our faces will be there. So yeah, tune into that. Cubby, any, any final words? No, I, I had a great time. Uh, and what better way to kick off the podcast than sitting down with the King of Amateur. So let's go. Yes. All right, everyone thank you, bow thank down you. as we as we uh, close out the show. Thanks for watching, True. everyone. See y'all next time.